Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and we are today. We're going to continue on our quest, if you will. Yeah. Crusade. Crusade. Yeah, I like that. We are our crusade of uh, let's have a conversation, right? And you heard the voice back there, the familiar voice of my buddy John. John, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Good to have you, as always. Uh, we're continuing on our series of Let's Have a Conversation, and today we're talking about hijacking of language. John, what do we mean by that? Yeah, so the, and and this is my definition, but let, let, me, let me set the stage a little bit. Okay. What we are saying here is that uh, the left in our country, in America, has hijacked words that are, at least previously, philosophically unassailable. So what do I mean? What kind of words? Words like hate, words like justice, equality, truth, have been twisted in their meaning to where, you know, I say something like, uh, you know, I really like what Donald Trump did uh, with the border. And all of a sudden, that's hate speech. Oh, right? okay. All Just right. as an example. Or the idea of, of, of justice being, uh, for example, that in order to have justice, we have to um, um, – we, we have to punish white people as an example to ensure that we have a just society. Mm. So it, it's a, there's a twisting there of the traditional meaning of these words. So that's, that's what. Yeah, I totally did not. I, I was thinking like, is that when you said hijacking of language, it was like, is that the same thing as like press one for English, two for Spanish? Uh, no? you, you know what? <laughs> No, it's no kidding what it sounds like. It's like hijacking an airplane. So the word and let me can I can I, can yeah. I say one thing about that? Yeah. Hijacking an airplane. So airplanes going from Boston to LA and uh, you hijack the airplane well all of a sudden you're taking it to some sort of a different location. Right? And, and so I think that's a really good metaphor for if our if our culture and our society is the airplane they've hijacked the language they've hijacked the left has hijacked the very way we communicate and as a result this movement is taking our society it's taking our culture into a completely different location and who said it breitbart maybe i don't know check me someone said it that politics is downstream of culture. So, sorry, I had to jump in. And with that said, our attorneys would like to tell you folks or let you know that we are not condoning or anything of a hijacking of anything. We are simply using that as an example. It's a metaphor. So, because, because God knows there's somebody out there that's either listening right now as we record this, or, or that listens to this later on is going to take that figuratively. No, we're using it as a metaphor. So now that we have that disclaimer in there, yep. there you go. Um, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, yeah, there's some, there's a lot of special people in this world. Hijacking yeah. of language. All right, look back on task here, Adam. Hi, 
jacking of language. I I look at it from like a mainstream media perspective. It's almost like a psyop, if you will. And you and I have talked about this on and off air in the past. Yeah. Psyop, for those of you that are unfamiliar with that, is a psychological operation, right? And and you, this dates back hundreds of years, but m- more recently here in the United States, I look at there was a <coughs> psyop that first started called Operation Mockingbird which started back in the 40s, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong with that, John. But I'm not familiar with it. it. Um, so so Operation Mockingbird was was basically back in post-World War II era where the CIA embedded into Hollywood and into the media to project on a larger scale small things that would eventually turn into big things. And a lot of agencies use these types of tactics around the world. Uh, and we're not the only country that does it, but they're, they're basically the, they're trying to propaganda, they sell you propaganda without you really knowing it. And I'm going to use an example here because I think this is a, ties in with everything. I remember when I was younger, people would say, oh, that would never happen. That's just a movie. I can't watch a damn movie anymore without analyzing everything. And I, I've recently watched several movies that were made in the early 90s. And again, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> I hate to do it, but we, you know, you and I have talked on this show about movies such as um, Enemy at the State with yeah. Gene Hackman and Will Smith. Um, yeah. And they talk about how the, you know, the, Different organizations can tap into computers and can tap into cell phones and this, that, and the other thing. And people used to say that would never happen. That's just in the movies. It happens. There's small things like, and this is going to sound funny and people are going to think I'm crazy, The Matrix. There's certain things in that movie. Now, they're not like you're going to get hooked up to a, a, you know, a, something and sucked into a computer world or anything like that. But there are some examples in that movie of things that are currently happening in our state right now. And there, there's a slew of other movies. There was one, uh, and for the life of me, I can't think of it. I'll bring it up in another show. But he literally talked about we need to get, in the movie, they were saying, we need to vaccinate people so we can have a safer world and this, that, and the other thing. And this movie was made in 1994. I'll never forget it because that, that I made sure I made a note of it. Yeah. And what's going on? today yeah and yeah and it, it is you want to talk about hijacking of languages that's that's i look at stuff like that that falls into this because vac- well, so let's i'm sorry break, no ahead. no no break it break it down for us well I, you gave me another thought and i i, I was going to point out that we're in our past i certainly not that i can remember um, and even having studied history in college, I'm trying to think of another event where this happened, but where Joe Schmuckatelli on the street feels this power to publicly shame someone else for not wearing a mask. When, when, when is that? I, I, I can't think of an event in our history 
where that has happened. So we've got we've got this pandemic, and not to get too much off on the the pandemic and all that, but again, it gets back to the hijacking, the idea of hijacking the language, hijacking the culture, and steering everything in this into this bizarro world direction. Where in our history has it ever been? Okay, yeah, you might there, there might have been uh, I don't know during flu season. Yeah, you could have walked down the street and you could have somehow uh, publicly tried to shame somebody for not wearing a mask. You, you probably would have taken an ambulance ride, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just a few years ago, and all of a sudden there's it's almost it, it's a it's a some sort of a weird virtue to do that sort of a thing now. Are we, are we, are we, then we're doing the same thing with the vaccination, only it's much more insidious, I think. Uh, you know, nobody asked me recently if I had uh, the smallpox vaccine. They didn't ask me if I had uh, the chickenpox vaccine. Yeah, I don't even know if there is one, but they didn't ask me if I had the measles vaccine. Mom's measles. I, but all that stuff, I've I've never been asked. Now I know you get a lot of that stuff when you're a baby; you don't have to get it again. But I've never been asked. Now, why all of a sudden, for a 98 point, I think they're saying 98.2 now percent survivable disease, which oh by the way I've had and survived with no problem. Uh, why all of a sudden are we are we? First of all, allowing, but essentially de facto mandating a vaccine uh, by utilizing private companies and the school system, it it it, it doesn't add up. Well, well you know it, what? It does. Say, it adds up in somebody's bank account. Uh, one hundred percent. And there are some. There are some more, I won't call them fringe because you know what, Adam, two years ago, and I know I've told you this before, two years ago, I would not have called myself a conspiracy theorist at all. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I guess I'm a conspiracy now, theorist. I, because I, I, <laughs> you've, you've known me long enough to know that like, all right, Adam's coming up with something here is off the wall. I've said it in this show before. Everything starts with you know, everything starts with a theory, right? And 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 if you call me a conspiracy theorist, not you personally, but like if, if somebody calls me a conspiracy theorist, it's like, well, everything starts with a theory. Let's let's explore it at least. And if it proves wrong, great. Yeah, but I'm starting to think like everybody thought like all these QAnon movement stuff was crazy and all of this and all of that. Well, why is that? I want to know why people think that's crazy. Are there some off the wall shit that goes on with that? Excuse me. Yes, there is. However, there was a lot of things that Q said that is coming to fruition now. Are they? Does that still make them a conspiracy theorist, or does yeah. it make them? Does it make them the enemy against public enemy number one? Well, which so I which up. which which I think is the mainstream media and whoever is controlling that side of things. Yeah. So, so just to reel it back in just a little bit. Yeah. Because I, you brought up a lot of you brought up a lot 
and it, and 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 I want to be really careful here with the audience. I, I want to I want to tell the audience that we need to be we need to be precise. Uh, we need to be careful, and, and and when I say careful, I mean be thorough in, in our in our in our language and what we say about things. Yeah. Make sure that we understand, and this goes back to the first part of the show about about founding principles of make sure you understand why it is you believe what you believe and why you're saying what you're saying, and right because otherwise it is very easy for someone to with the opposing view to point you to 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 make you look manipulate you and make you look like an idiot, right? And this And this is good. This goes back to like we had said in the second episode. We want people to think critically. Be a critical. Yes. Be a critical thinker. Because here's the thing: if you are a critical thinker, you're the enemy against. They think of you, and I think they, as in the government or the one percent that really is control of yeah. everything. And here's why it goes back into the. I'm going to reel it back into the hijacking of language you have you take uh north korea for many many years the only thing that we saw here in america about north korea is how they propaganded they had like the speakers if anybody was ever stationed in in in, uh, south korea i i wasn't but i've had friends that were stationed at the dmz in south korea and they said you can hear things they shout over the loudspeakers into south korea to have people Come to to come to North Korea. I've heard the same thing. Very familiar with uh, similar, excuse me, to China and and some of the things that they uh, their propaganda. What they at the time the word was propaganda. You know that was the big word twenty sure. years ago. You know, and it, sure. and this this ties in with what we're we're talking about today is is hijacking of language. It, it like propaganda was was the big word when I was growing up, like it's, it's propaganda when it, when somebody who is your opposition is doing it, when right. you're doing it, right. It's just, we're telling the truth. And, and I think this is, it's almost like a matrix moment uh, here in history where uh, we're starting to peel back because we're starting to, we're, we're starting to see the curtain peel back and, and it's, and it's not just me. It's not just like, you know, conservatives. It's not the QAnon people it's, or whatever. It's they call everybody. Them. It's everybody. It's normal sort of middle of the road. Americans are starting to see and, and they're like, whoa, hang on a second. You know, and then you see, you know, George, Joe Biden, God bless him, uh, you know, drooling all over himself. <laughs> and you wonder what, you know, it's like, what's for lunch? Oh, it's tapioca again. Right. You're like, Uncle Joe, man, you know, hey, what are we going to do about Iran? You know, and he starts going off about how he's got freaking blonde hairs that turn all white in the summertime on his legs. And I and I wish nothing ill on the guy. I wish him all the success in the world because he's our president. But holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it makes you wonder. And and the other and the other piece when it comes to the vaccine, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to um, 
uh, questions about the 2020, ele- uh, 2020 election, and all of a sudden, no discussion is allowed. Right. And that's, that's all the things that are being hijacked from you right now. All of right. that. The language, you, election, that's a good example. That, that's a word that's being hijacked. You have... Yep. Uh, um, fairness. Fairness. Uh, 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 Oh God, what's the one? We just talked about it off air. Um, Privilege. Uh, uh, 100%. Privilege is another word that's being hijacked. Right. Um, And and here's here's the thing. They want you to believe a certain thing. So they're going to pump it into you. And how do they do that? They do it in mass quantities. They get everybody on the same page. And then they push the certain, the key words... And they hide. They basically try to hijack you as a whole. They turn you into a puppet. I, so and I, I hate saying that, but I know there's people out there like I'm not a freaking puppet. I think there's also a an uh, an element of desperation in the corporate media because the the because the curtains being pe- peeled back, and the American people are starting to realize that it's not this big scary godlike looking dude you know, with the flames and the, you know, the freaking flashers and stuff. It's just a dude behind a curtain with a bunch of bells and whistles. Um, So I think there's a desperation there that is, is, is causing the corporate media to, to take, to dig in even, even harder and double down on, on some of their rhetoric and, and, and positions and, and stuff. So that, and that's kind of a peripheral opinion, opinion of mine, well, let me let me ask you this, John. What's the easiest? Uh, why do you think they're hijacking our language? What's the purpose of it? Sole purpose is to fill in the blank. I, I would, I would say that the purpose is to uh, bring America down, and it, dual purpose: right. bring America down and 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 bring on because. I'll get into the because here in a sec. Just bring America down, uh, put everybody uh, in an attempt to put everybody on earth in a more uh, on a more equal footing uh, to stop being mean and, uh, uh, you know, having things like private property and whatnot, which that concept we can talk about as well. let me let me let me interrupt here because you say something here and you said bring everybody to an equal playing field. Right. Okay. So in order to do that, who's in who determines whether or not you're on an equal playing field or not? The elect. The elite class. The the, the worldwide elite class. So that that's like saying what you're telling me then is that the elite class, whomever they may be, and and yeah. I'm sure a lot of us could speculate a lot of that elite class. Yeah. Like ones that are going into space right now is, is if, 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 if you're an elite class, how, well, I would like to be a part of that elite class. How can I be a part of the elite class so we could be equal? Well, no, 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 no. John, you can't, we're not going to let you, you can't join our club we're just a separate club. So that's the, if you, if you're saying you have an elite class, that's not being on an evil level playing field then. But, but the elite class decides. So, okay, let's let's just talk about it. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Have you ever heard of the, there? There's 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 something in um, 
statistics called uh, the Pareto distribution. You said statistics, then you lost me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. And I and, and you know what? The, the academics of it really aren't um, aren't important. But I'm trying to remember how to spell. It's named after a guy. It, it's unimportant. There's 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 a concept that bears out in any sort of distribution of wealth, distribution of talent, distribution of uh, who's fat and who's skinny, dis- distribution of anything amongst a population, and you end up with a very small percentage of people having the vast majority of something, depending on how you're measuring it. So let's, let, let's talk about money. Okay. You know, what, what percentage of people own, uh, have, have the vast, vast majority of wealth, right? We've got like a, a, a 0.01% that own more than the lower 90%. Right. Okay. That's pretty. So the same thing applies for power. All, so think about right. it. Let, let's just we'll just use the 20th century. We go back to uh, 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 I was going to say Stalinist, but Lenin, Lenin in uh, the USSR. Even early on, we ended up with a tremendously small number of people who held all the power, and for them, everything was good. They, they were they were they were fat, dumb, and happy. They weren't the ones getting sent to the gulag. They weren't the ones that were getting uh, slaughtered. Uh, and, and carry that on throughout the history of the USSR, but particularly during the Stalin years. It, so that's just one example. Well, look at Maoist China. Same thing. Who has the power there? Who's living comfortably? Whose kids get to come to America and uh, study in U.S. universities and then report back to the party, of course? Um, right? right? Who got to stay alive during the killing fields in Cambodia? It was a very small percentage of people who made the decision about who lived and who died, and they lived very well. Saddam Hussein, just his palaces, palaces are just up the road here. I fly over them. Well, used to <laughs> when I was, I haven't gotten to fly in a while, but fly over them all the time. They're grand. They're fantastic. They're amazing. Iraq, same, you know, same deal. A very small number of people lived wonderfully. So, how do you become a member of that elite? In a, okay, so let's let's back up. Let's let's talk about the founding. Sorry, I know I'm I'm taking over, but no, no, do it, do it, do it, do it. When when the earliest Americans came over to be be colonists, they brought a lot of ideas with them, but something they did not bring with them was a concept of nobility, or a concept of title, or uh, some that we didn't set up a feudal society. Okay. Okay. And that has come down with us. But over the years, we did develop a certain elite. You know, they got the money or they got the power uh, through whatever means. And uh, and the the class has has grown in power, grown in wealth. So you got a smaller and smaller number of of people funneling through certain institutions. Like I, I often made it make a joke, you know, I'll say like, well, you must've gone to Georgetown to think like that, you know, or maybe you graduated from Yale or Harvard in order to think like that. But there's certain institutions, institutions that are, they're, they're feeders into an elite class where you rub elbows with senators and presidents and the sons of senators and presidents. And so you can't be in that class. Me graduating from North Georgia college, I'm not allowed. 
And it, and it doesn't but, but, mean that. So now you're stereotyping. So here's here the thing, because you're 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 literally solving my argument that I have with everything that you just said. Yeah. We're Lay it on me. We're, we're supposed to be that like the higher the, the higher class, like and, and I'm gonna point people out, because uh, I don't give a shit. The Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts, the Jeff Bezos, and there's a you know the the Prince. Pick a country over in the Middle East. There's a few of them. Sure. The people that have all the money that are making and and what what kills me is uh, Bill Gates making health decisions. Anyway, that's another show. Yeah. You look at those 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 people there, and they go to the Sun Valley Conference, you know, and 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 they have these conferences where the elite and we're. Those are the people that we're talking about. And who do they invite? The mainstream media, like sure. CNN, and they have several CNN people. You can't tell me stuff like this. Is They're not talking about what happened at those conferences. Why is that? Right. Because they're giving up their game plan at that case. Okay, well, here's Adam being a conspiracy theorist again. No, no, it's not me being a conspiracy theorist. This is me telling you to get off your ass and go look for this stuff and come up with your own conclusion. Because it... Me, a simple guy who's not the sharpest tool in the shed, it raised a red flag of like, wait a minute, why is this going on? And how come these people aren't? Oh, they're not invited to that. Well, how come those people? If you tell me that that group isn't invited, why? Tell me why they're not invited. Because we're supposed to have, the government says that we're supposed to have this one class where it's an evil level playing field. Well, then screw that. You know what? Jeff Bezos need, and Bill Gates, they need to relinquish a lot of their assets and stuff and make an evil level playing field for everybody else then. That's, you're, well, say, you're ultimately saying the same thing. Yeah, so this gets back to our, to our concept of hijack. You know, a, a very small right. number they're of They're the players. ones that are hijacked. They're, they're part of, let me rephrase this. They are the, I believe they are part of the ones who are hijacking languages. And John mentioned it earlier. He gave specific examples of words that are being used in the mainstream media, whether you go to CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, blah, 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 and all the other ones, they're all reading the same shit. They have key, what they call key words that they're focusing on to push a narrative to hijack our and that's how they're hijacking the language. Anyway, I'd, I'll I'd, shut up. I'd be interested to know, put it in the comments if you're listening to this uh, show on a platform that allows com- comments. When was the first time you heard the word reimagine? Ooh, that's a great question. Was it in the last 12 months? Huh. Re-imagine. We're going to start reimagining shit. Now, the word reimagine is everywhere. Everywhere. So that's, it's, that's, that's just one example of, of, of how there's, there's some sort of a insidious, um, what's the word? It's almost like sleeping with your sister. You know, it's, it, it's a, it, it's a, Wait, wait, this, there's something this that this conversation is, just took a turn, <laughs> you know, but it's incestuous, right? There's that, an incestuous, yes. yeah. yeah, insidiously incestuous uh, relationship going on somewhere 
that is that is allowing our culture to be to be shaped within this echo chamber of very very narrow ideas mm. that are 100% contrary to anything that any any american would have bought I, i'm just you know even going back to the you know god 2000 you know the year 2000 no american would have bought any of this stuff um and certainly not in the 90s or 80s or you know 70s it, but this gets to how how did this happen and, and I don't want to get into some sort of a class warfare conversation. I, I, I don't think that's really. That's not the point. That's not what we're trying to portray. Exactly. We say, yeah. I, and let me, if I can real quick, I think we're, what we're saying by that is there's a select few that have the power that are making the decisions. We, I, I think, think we, I, I think if anything, if we disagree on any, on everything else, we can at least, we can all agree on somebody's making power plays and somebody is making decisions. I think that that is a unassailable argument and not the argument because we haven't really, when we make that statement, we're sort of making it with uh, objective uh, evidence that we just see every day. That's almost self-evident, right? It's almost self-evident. And so I'm not going to take the time to put a lot of rigor behind that. Yeah, no. I'm going to simply Point say is, that there's yeah. very few people that hold the vast majority of the power right. uh, in the country. Now, notwithstanding the idea of the administrative state, which is probably the biggest threat to our, our freedom, the Fauci's and the, the, the people like him in these organizations, because of its power to influence everything and its size, remember we talked on one of the shows earlier about about 20 million people are involved in government throughout the nation. And so so they are large enough that when they act within their own self-interest as bureaucrats, they're able to move the needle on elections. I think it's really important. At the same time, so, so while we're talking about very few people having a lot of power and a lot of wealth, at the same time, we've also got another issue going on where we where we have a gargantuan administrative so, state in the federal, state, and local government. So how do you how do you how do you switch that then? If you got twenty million in government, what I hear you well, saying is that, that that goes back to one of our earlier conversations in the series where you have to get involved in, at the local level in order to one hundred percent. So I will tell you what, I was gonna. I, man, I, I got some stuff to lay on you. I'm just, I'm, and, I'm and again, folks, the, the today's topic is hijacking of language in a sense yeah. of it, it, everything that we're talking about ties into it. I challenge all of you that are listening to this right now to pick out keywords, watch the, I, I am not a proponent, nor am I promoting anybody watching the, any media station for, 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 for that matter. But for for this exercise, take two, three days, four, we'll say four days, take four days out of the week and watch the news and watch different news stations 
and you'll start seeing what John and I are talking about with the hijacking of language. I I will guarantee you that if you go to MSNBC, NBC, ABC, and those types of stations, you're going to see people say the same thing yep. along the same line. And there's going to be a key word that they say. And then if you watch something from a government official or one of the senators or politicians, for that matter, in, in any aspect of it, you're going to hear them say that particular word as well. Yeah. Often at the same time. Ex- that phenomenon, that yes. phenomenon blows my mind. Yeah. And where I challenge you then is when you find that word, why do you think they're saying that? Start researching why do you think what narrative – and I don't want this isn't supposed to be all negative. I'm not trying to be negative, but it, it's again, I'm trying to get we are trying to get it to where we get you to think critically about what it is that you're seeing and going on around you as opposed to just sitting back and believing the bullshit that they're feeding you on a plate. I would encourage people to. OK, l- let me let me lay a few things on you. Go for so it. I, I, I listen to Jordan Peterson and his freaking group of people who he talks to and these folks they challenge each other intellectually yeah on on the podcast i've learned a lot i've listened to a few things and i took some things away and and started started thinking about it just this past week i want to throw this out to you so i don't claim any of these ideas i I don't claim to be freaking plato or socrates I, I don't claim any of my ideas as John Curry thought them up. This is just things that I, I hear and I think about and I try to synthesize it into something that's useful for useful uh, for somebody else so that I, like I can do my part to make the world a little bit better. But people need to have meaning in life. We have to have goals. We have to have something that makes us get up in the morning. We have to have something that assuages our conscious consciousness or our conscience in the middle of the night when we wake up and wonder what we're doing with our lives. And this is getting back to the hijacking of language and the concept of wokeism. Wokeism, I'm going to make a bold statement. And I don't know who said it. I heard it from somebody else in a lecture. Wokeism is a religion. And I thought about that. I thought about it. And at first I kind of poo-pooed the idea, but I want you to think about this. And this is getting, this is getting back to how has this happened? And when I say this, I'm talking about the current situation where our language, our culture has been hijacked. And because Politics is downstream of culture. Our country is going in these bizarro directions. Let me make the case for wokeism being a religion. The, and I'll say first that the left's ideology, the, the left in America, used to be economic. They were fighting an economic battle. Right. It was the little guy, and it was Joe the plumber, I guess. Who, some, some, yeah, it was Joe the plumber against the big guy. 
you know, and it was it was uh, uh, Apple against IBM, and they were always the, the the left used to be fighting for civil rights. They used to be fighting for uh, the ability for the little guy to stand up to the big guy. That is shifted. You can try to put a date on it. I would say that it started shifting in the late nineties. But think about this: wokeism as a religion, wokeism as the spawn of the left. They have a concept of redemption and salvation. Membership in an elect. The concept of persecuting heretics. Elaborate rituals of speech that really can only be pursued by those who are believers. Just the, the concept of, of redemption and salvation. Now, how do are we seeing this play out? How many young, young people have you seen getting down on their knees in front of somebody because they walked up to them on the street and said, take a knee in support of Black Lives Matter? I, it, way too much, right? So it's this that the concept of redemption and salvation. There's a self, a, 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 a forced self-loathing, this membership in an elect, you know, let's just, you know, think about the, think about the smug, well, the smugness mm. of how those who consider themselves woke interact with anybody who's not. And it's a very distinct thing. There's a very distinct set of behaviors. I'm going to shame you for not wearing your mask. I'm going to shame you for, shame you for not getting the vaccine. I'm going to shame you in a restaurant and say that you're an oppressor because you're a white person sitting there trying to eat dinner. These kinds of, of things. Persecuting their own heretics. How many times over the past few years have we seen somebody cut out of the herd and destroyed because they said the wrong thing? Oh, yeah, a lot. There's, 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 a decent, there's a decent number of them that were, that were relatively high profile. So anyway. But I look, I look at it like, is it really a religion or is it a cult? Uh, very, very possibly. I, I think you can make that argument. And I'll tell you what I want to want to do real quick before uh, before I forget to do it. We can look back on the 20th century, and we can see what happens when religious fervor fervor comes together with political ideology and gains power. Lenin, the Lenin era in Russia, the Stalinist era in Russia, Pol Pot, China. North Korea, Germany during during the Nazi reign. You're you're naming all countries that don't believe in organized religion or or any type of Christianity or Geodeo Christianity. They don't believe in God. Let me just put it that way. They don't believe. In well, God. they claim they don't. It, it, and, and so I, well, I have this. Well, well, but here's the thing: they they don't believe in God in a, in a sense of if anybody came in to talk. Like there's people even today. 
that that will you will be killed if you preach the Bible in China. You will be killed right. if you preach the Bible in China. Yeah. I want to state it again, Adam. If you think it can't happen here, you are deluded. Oh no! I, I you know it's I I I believe it, but this is this is one of the things, and I uh how do you combat something like this? And how do you combat hijacking of language? And I, you know, and it, and it ties in with our very first episode of Let's Have a Conversation about the Absolutely. the the founding principles. And and here's yeah. the other thing. And I've brought it up. You remember? I'm sure you remember me bringing this up. Is you know the founding principles? Let's let's not just look at the founding principles of 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 the United States or what the United States was founding on, founded on. Let's look at the founding principles and the hijacking of language. The hijacking of language has been going on since the turn of time. And it of all course. started, you, one could argue, with the Holy Bible, which is even yeah. though that it's you get persecuted in many, many countries for 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 reading this. And I'm holding, I know you guys can't see this, but I'm holding up a, a life application study Bible um, that I've reached recently have purchased. And even though this is still the number one book that sells all over the the world. world. Think about that for a minute. Now you don't hear about it, but it's there. Every hotel that you stay at, what's next to the bed or in the pullout drawer next to the bed. Gideon's Bible. The reason, and, and and you want to talk about hide, you know, the 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 topic today is hijacking of language. This this has been the biggest hijack of language of all time. The people oh. have, have yeah. twisted this. People have used words out of this. People have used this in 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 negative con- condensation. Is that the right word? Condensation. Anyway, but. I forget where I was going with all this, but but the point that I'm making with with this, folks, is that you can't you can't believe what you see on TV, you can't believe what you watch on YouTube, and yeah. and if you sit there and think, oh, that was this is this, this is that, blah 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 blah, well, this person says this, this and you have no evidence. This is all I tell you right now. This is all the evidence I, that I need. So let me let me let me tell you let me tell you a few thoughts here that I that I that you spawned with that. So we were talking about the concept of God, yeah, and, and, and the Judeo Judeo Christian yeah. concept of God, and, and uh, the fact that is is pretty um, uh, that is very well established that that the American founding principles come from that tradition. I have often stated, so this is getting back to the concept of religion and where, where I stated that wokeism is a religion and, and that we've seen during the 20th century what happens. We're talking about hundreds of millions of, of dead bodies mm. uh, when people per, uh, take a, apply religious fervor to a political ideology, um, uh, you know, particularly one that, that is willing to twist 
uh, the meaning of concepts like truth and take and, and doesn't recognize the sovereignty of the individual along with unalienable rights that are granted by a creator and they don't they don't acknowledge the existence of a creator but i have often had this argument i've and here's how i will usually start the conversation and it gets it gets some it stirs the pot when you drop this one i say some of the most religious people i've ever met were atheists uh, you know what? I wouldn't argue with that. I, I 100% agree. Some of the most evangelical, deeply religious people I've ever met were atheists. So what is your concept of God? And, and when we talk about religion, when I say it's a religion, it's a worldview that is so pervasive that it defines your life and every action that you take is viewed through that lens and filtered through that filter. So now where we had originally started this little vein was what do we do about it? What do we do about the fact that our 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 cult, our language, our culture, our politics, and the direction of our country has been hijacked right. by a what amounts to a religion, maybe a cult, you know, maybe yeah. it's an offshoot of some other other thing, you know, yeah, it's a humanist cult. So I don't know, something like that. Uh, I, I would love to hear. I, I almost wish we had an interaction with an audience yeah. because I would love, you know, uh, I would love to have a respectful, disagreeing conversation, you know, with another intelligent human being. But what do we do about it? Now, I'm going to come back to my basic principles. I always come back to it's like my hedgehog. I come right back. I roll right back up into these basic <laughs> concepts. Fix, fix yourself. Yeah. Fix your family. Have a conversation, a respectful conversation with with your neighbor. Get involved and in with your with your community. Now, I wanna I wanna expand on that a little bit right now, if we, if you don't mind. Yep. I said people have to have meaning in your life. We have to have meaning in our life. It's what gets us up out of bed. It gives us a purpose when we wake up in the middle of the night, wondering what the hell we're doing with our lives. It 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 gives us a reason it, it assuages the 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 angst in our conscience to understand what that purpose is now these are these are some jordan peterson ideas and you can't get away from them you cannot once you once you digest this you cannot get away from it so i'm i'm going to read off a couple of bullets here that i wrote down this week while i was while i was kind of preparing for this Life is full of suffering and difficulties. We need a meaning to sustain ourselves through life, through that suffering, through those difficulties. We find meaning in responsibility. How do we work through tragedy? How do we work through uh, difficult times? It is not in the pursuing of impulsive happiness. It's not by thinking in the short term in a narrowly selfish manner. Right. The solution, take on the heaviest load of responsibility you can conceptualize and bear. We are made in the image of God. Amen. 
God confronts it. These are, these are his words, not mine. God confronts the chaos of potential with truth and courage. That's the logos. God spoke in Genesis. He created and he paused and he said, that is good. You can unpack that for days. And I hate that word unpack, but you can, you can unravel. You can peel that enemy, uh, that, that enemy. You can peel that onion back for days. Yeah. I'm going someplace, Adam. We're made in the image of God. We confront the potential, the unformed future, and we consciously decide with every ethical choice we make what kind of world we're going to bring into being. Think about that. I'm going to say it again. Read that last one again real quick. Yeah. We're made in the image of God. Right. We confront potential the unformed future consciously and we decide with every ethical choice, what kind of a world we're going to bring into being free will. Yeah. And you make your own world. We transform potential into our own world through activity. Now folks, this is not academic freaking circle talk. This is me telling you, fix yourself, fix your family, have a conversation with your neighbor, get involved in your community and take on the most responsibility you can bear. Take on the most responsibility you can bear with truth and courage. And you will make this world a better place by confronting the unknown future with truth and courage you will create the world that you want to live in, or you will move the ball down the field. Let's get first downs. Move the ball down the field. Four, four, four yards at a time, and you, 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 you make it. So our, 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 world, our world is a consequence of our ethical decision-making. All right, so I know this can become some gobbledygook. But let's go back to hijacking of language. Let's go back to hijacking words like truth and the concept of truth. Justice, the concept of justice, the concept of what is ethical. If we are not well-rooted, if we are not well-rooted in why we believe what we believe and can point to God and, and, and to avoid the philosophical term would be infinite regression. You need to have a no shit concept of God. For me, it's the God of the Bible. And if God values something, I should value something, right? You've got to have, if you're not grounded in that, you can't establish absolute truth. If you can't establish absolute truth, you cannot act ethically in the world. If you do not act ethically in the world, you get something that probably looks a little bit like what we got now, which would be the beginning, in my view, of something like um, Kosovo or Bosnia, where you've got groups who are divided along the lines of race, religion, um, less economics, but race and religion. 
and they slaughter each other. And I'm telling you, I, I flew over it. I was there and it's sickening. It is fucking sickening to see. <laughs> so not to be depressing or anything, but folks, I, I, I'm trying to lay out why it is I'm telling you to clean yourself up, clean your family up, be a better person, quit being shitty to each other, right. have respectful conversations and get involved in your community. Have that conversation, folks, and do not let your language be hijacked. That is all the time that we have today. But before we let you go, there's a few things that we want to push out there for you. First off, if you like this episode and you like the series that John and I are doing, we want to hear from you. Send a email to our parent company, uh, Heroes Media Group. Go to info at heroesmediagroup, all one word, dot com, and just type in the subject line decision hour. And let us know what you think of the show. Topics that you'd like us to discuss that falls in line with let's have a conversation. We're open to hear from you. And let us know what you think of the uh, episodes so far uh, of this uh, this series. Also, what I'd like for you guys to do is since you're online listening to this, that means you can open up another browser and go check out Simper Savage. John, why don't you tell everybody about Simper Savage? Hey, Simper Savage is a company my wife Stacy and I started. It's a marinade and salad dressing company. It's just out there to bring great salad dressing, great marinade, great stuff for your barbecue uh, to, to the world. Uh, go to SimperSavage.com, get you a, a Battle Buddy two-pack. You can make your make your own, pick your own out of the four varieties we've got, or you can get yourself a Fireteam four-pack. Shipping's, uh, shipping's free. It's included in the price. Go there and get you some. It is delish. I can tell you that for from experience. Thank you, John, for that. Uh, and, and as always, brother, thank you for uh, for being on this, uh, folks. In, in closing, this the show is called the Decision Hour, and and it is it's it's it started off as as years ago as a business entrepreneurial type, and and we've shifted it over the years to really kind of help you open up your eyes and make decisions for yourself. We have to make decisions every day anyway. This series, let's have a conversation. It's time to make that to it's time to make that decision to have these tough conversations with each other. Talk to your neighbor, talk to the family member, reach out to someone. Hell, reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation with you. We'd talk all day with you. Um so please do so. Make that decision. Uh, also, we got to give a shout out to our parent company, Heroes Media Group. Make sure you go check out all the great shows and content and where they're going to be. Uh, if they're coming to a city near you, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.